0: is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP past, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 189. And a really warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, How's Things Going? So, last week I did an episode all about three areas that are super important to help you build your dream business. And the reason I talked about this is because next week we are doing a boot camp, a free boot camp where you get to work with me for free for a week and a day, roughly. And we do Three workshop sessions. First one is about, you know, what dream business do you want? What does that look like? We're going to do a great activity I've got for you there. This is definitely going to be a kind of, you're going to do some work with me workshop. Then on the next workshop, we've got all about how to create the roadmap to get your dream business. So this is the more practical side in terms of what do you actually do? How do you market yourself? What are the key things you need to focus on in order to get that dream business? And then the last workshop is going to be about having the right mindset for that business because you could have the best tools and strategies in the world. You could know exactly where you want to go, but If you don't have the right mindset, it's really going to affect it. So we're going to do Q and A's, there's going to be prizes. There's going to be like a celebration party at the end. It's going to be awesome. So if you have not yet signed up, shame on you. (laughs) I'm joking. Go to TeresaEathWaring.com forward slash bootcamp. And I am so excited to welcome you to my first ever bootcamp. And I can't wait to see what happens, how it goes, what amazing results people get. So it's going to be awesome. Okay, on with today's podcast. Now today we're doing an interview. And you know, I am a big fan of when I end up doing an interview of someone that teaches me something. Like, because I've done a lot of things and I, you know, obviously that's my business. I need to know lots of things. So it's always really lovely when I find a a subject or we have a conversation about something that I don't know a huge amount about. And today was a perfect example. I had a chat with Krista Miller, who runs Summit in a Box, and we talked about online summits. Now, we had a really honest conversation about some of the ways that people do them that I'm not keen on. And then the ways that she teaches on, she told me so much good stuff, so much good tips, not just about the summit itself. So I don't want you to think, well, I don't want to run a summit and therefore I don't want to do it. But so many, so much good advice about different things that you could do in and around it and how you can get yourself seen and get yourself out there. So this is definitely one for you to listen to, even if you're not going to do a summit. So Krista got into this because back in 2017, she created her own summit hosting system and unexpectedly ended up tripling her monthly revenue, tripling the size of her email list and booking out her service for six months in advance and became an industry expert as a result. So having done this, she realized that this was amazing and she started off with less than 500 people on her email list and therefore she realized the power in hosting your own online summit. Months later, her speakers, attendees and coaches finally convinced her to share the system. And now they cannot get enough of seeing more and yet more influence their businesses through doing virtual summits. So Krista really is an absolute expert with this stuff. So she, and she was great fun to talk to. We agreed on a lot of things. We had a really nice chat. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. So over to Krista. So I am really excited today to welcome to the podcast, Krista Miller. Welcome, Krista. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to
1: dive into all the fun summit stuff with you today.
0: My pleasure. So I was saying that before we jumped on, that obviously, I guess you guys know on the podcast that I do some due diligence, which obviously is the most sensible thing to do when you've got a guest coming on. And I went to Chris's website and obviously I looked at her social. And then uh, like the marketing queen that she is, she's been remarketing <laughs> to me this whole time. So it's kind of really good to see. I really like to see it in practice, don't you, in terms of like you know, actually you're doing all the things. So that was super cool. So just to let you know that obviously if you do go and check her out, then you're going to find that, you know, she followed her the internet for a little bit, which is absolutely fine. Not a problem. So <laughs> I'm really excited today because we're going to be talking about virtual summits and I'm not sure whether I've said, but I've been on quite a few recently and I've had conversations with people and it's really piqued my interest as to, why they're so good, who would use them, why you should consider them. So this is what we're going to be diving into today, which I'm really looking forward to. But I always start with the obligatory question, which is really getting a bit boring now, because I've done this a lot. How did you get to do what you do today? And, you know, what's your kind of backstory?
1: Yeah, so I will just keep it nice and short because, like you said, they can get boring. Uh, But basically, I started in 2015 running a WordPress development business, um, escaped from a corporate job and started doing that. And I loved it. I still have it going a little bit kind of in the background. But after what, three ish years of running that business, service based business, I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, like this is going well. I'm making the money I need to be making. Now what? Like, I want something else to to bring me to the next level. I want to meet some new people that I'm kind of scared to approach. And a virtual summit kept coming up as something that would be the solution for me to do those things, book me further out in advance with clients, just help me make more money. Um, I put it off for a very long time because I was terrified of the ideas like, who am I to host a summit? I don't even yeah. have 500 people on my email list, I have a couple hundred followers on Instagram. Like, I'm going to pitch these speakers and they are just going to sit and laugh at this email. But eventually I just did it anyway. I was like, whatever, I'm going to do it different than other people. I'm just going to go for it. Um, and I did. And that first summit blew me out of the water. I did not know what I was doing. I made up my entire process from scratch. I'm a very organized and detail and research, researchy mm-hmm. type person. So I like dove into everything I could find, but I didn't like have any resources. I hadn't done it before. And I still came out of that first virtual summit with $16,000 in revenue. I tripled the size of my email list, made these connections I would have never made otherwise and booked my services for six months in advance. Wow. And I was like, okay, that, that worked <laughs> like I, okay whatever and like that my plan was just to keep doing that wordpress development work uh and running running summit a couple times per year but afterwards speakers and attendees would not stop emailing me or sending me messages on social media like, hey, can you teach me how to do that? Like, I want to run a summit now. And I was like, no, that was a lot of work. Go oh, away. Um, but as you can see, I'm here now. After about six yeah. months of that, they wore me down. I was like, fine, I will, you know, sell you my template, like my Asana template for doing this, see what happens. And they would nuts over it. So uh, since then, I have shifted my focus away from WordPress development. I've become a summit person and I am just obsessed with what they can do for people's businesses.
0: That is so cool. I I can't believe those results in that first summit. That is madness. It blew me
1: away. The most I had ever made in a month in my business was like $4,000. So to do something and make $16,000 just through that, I was like, what even is happening right now?
0: (laughs) And and what I like about this story is like the, the realist in terms of the one thing I hate on the podcast, as my audience will know, is like the whole bro marketing thing where it's like, do this one thing and you get $5 million and da da. So like the fact that you had an email list that was, that was small and you tripled it, you know, which again, to some people, you know, to some huge people, they would see that small, but that's tripling your list. And actually I'd rather have like, you know, 1500 people who really like what I do than have you know, 15,000 who really couldn't care less. So that's just amazing. And then to make that money as well. That's just phenomenal. So you started teaching people how to do this. So tell us today, how does your business look like for you today?
1: Yeah, so I have the WordPress development business still kind of going on in the background. I mm-hmm. like do day rate projects every once in a while, yeah. and I have been continuing to market on there because I like to keep running that summit that I ran, which is for mm-hmm. that business. I just got through my fifth run of that summit, um, and it has grown every single time. We made ninety two thousand dollars to that summit this fifth time, what? so from sixteen thousand to ninety two thousand. So for anyone who's like, oh, you know, my first summit's going to be small, that is okay. Keep yeah. doing it. Yeah. So that's like, you know, just kind of going on in the background. And then uh, at Summit in a Box, uh, our focus is teaching people about summits. So we have all kinds of free stuff that we do that with. And then I sell a, a large course with all kinds of templates and resources about uh how to run a virtual summit. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we do that through the ads that you've yep. seen. We have, we do JB partnerships. We have um, Evergreen webinar going on and I run uh, usually about one summit a year for that business to kind yeah. of walk my talk. And because it's a very powerful way to launch our course after the summit yeah. is
0: over. I love it. Okay, so let's go really down to basics. Let's start by just explaining what we mean By a virtual summit? Like, how does it look? How's it run? Just in case someone sat there thinking, well, is this a Zoom thing? Is this a conference thing? Explain the makeup of it. Yeah,
1: so I like to have people just think of What the first thing comes to mind is when you think of like an in-person conference, you Mm -hmm. go to this venue, there's someone putting it on, like a host putting on the event and there's speakers that come to teach about, you know, some topic related to the overall goal of the event. And you can go to these different sessions, tune in, learn a bunch of awesome information, meet all Mm -hmm. kinds of new people, have a good time. Basically that online. So you'll have usually one host. I've co-hosted one summit before, so you can totally have more than one, Uh, but you're going to have an event you're putting on for a specific audience with an overall goal for them. So you want them to come to this thing you're putting on so they can walk away with some kind of transformation. Mm -hmm. And to help with that, you're bringing on a group of experts. I've seen anywhere from five to literally over 100 speakers (laughs) on virtual summits, and they all come to talk about, their specialized area yeah. of expertise and you know preferably teach one little takeaway people can get to get them one step closer to the goal of the summit. Generally, and the, the way I teach things is that it's free to register and get access to these presentations for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And then you have an, up, an upgraded all access pass offer that people can pay for, which is the first way to make money through one of these events. Mm-hmm. I really think a community aspect is also important. So we can kind of build in a little bit of that interaction you'd get from an in-person event. So there's some yeah. kind of community. Usually I just do a Facebook group because that's easiest and everyone knows how to use it. Mm-hmm. That really increases interaction. Uh, but you love on these attendees love on your speakers. And at the end, if you have something else to launch, you can go ahead and launch your course, membership, service, whatever that looks like for Mm -hmm. you. Um, So all kinds of opportunity, but a really big way to make an impact regardless
0: of the size of your business. Okay, fine. So you said there that one of the ways in which you make some of the money is by selling the replays, which let's be honest, there are lots of people who sign up for things who think, and, and normally or what I've seen that replay cost is fairly low
1: yeah so something I always say is that an all access pass that's just ongoing access to presentations for 20 bucks is not how you want to be running a summit if you want if your goal is okay. to make money yeah. so I like to uh, spice that offer up a little bit, make it mm-hmm. something that's actually going to benefit your attendees that they'll want. that can make you money. So I tend to do, I will do that lower tier offer mm-hmm. just to make sure it's accessible to people who want it. But I like to do a second tier offer. That's yes. Access to the presentations, worksheets, notes, whatever. I like to throw in some extra live sessions, like maybe co-working sessions, networking sessions, mm-hmm. and then speaker bonuses. So I invite my speakers to contribute something they offer. Usually I kind of say, Hey, if you have like a tiny low cost offer, Put that mm-hmm. in there, but a lot of my speakers are like putting in three hundred dollar courses and stuff like that. I'm right. like, all right, guys, um, but that's a great way for the speakers to grow their email list, and mm-hmm. it just added a ton of value to your offer. So we had uh, thirty five hundred dollars in bonuses at my most recent summit. That's what people want. That's how yeah. we made that ninety two thousand. We did not make that through just selling presentations for $20. So Um, so that really increases conversion rates and you can charge much
0: more for it. So we had like a $200 price point for that. Okay. Okay. So yes. So, so so a fairly good shift up, but still not ridiculous, like Mm -hmm. still not a $2,000 course or something like that. Exactly.
1: Your goal here is to get that first sale with these new audience members out of the way, basically. So that if you have something else to offer, that first sale, that the, there's not that limitation or barrier there for them. They already feel comfortable buying from you.
0: Okay, cool. So then, so let's say we're like thinking, yeah, we wanna we wanna do a summit. We think this is a good idea. The speakers now, this this for me. I had I was just saying I had a conversation with someone about virtual summits. They were telling me that they're really good and I should consider doing one. And I said to them so who do I pitch to speak? Do I pitch people at the same level as me, the level above me, or, you know, who, who do I pitch to? And she said, well, always above. And I'm like, okay, why would they come on to my summit? Like, what could I offer them? Because they have the audience sizes. They're the ones, you know, and if we're talking like, you know, the big people like the Jameses and the Amys and the Jasmines of this world, like what on earth could I offer them to get them on summit? So give me your opinion on who are you inviting to speak and how on earth do I convince them? Mm -hmm. So
1: I have a very different take from the other people who teach summits out there. I do not think it is beneficial to be going after the big name influencers. I do not think it's important to only be pitching speakers with bigger audiences than you. I don't think there should be any, like, you have to have 5,000 people on your email list type requirements. Those drive me up the wall when I get pitches like that. Like, yes, I do, but I'm not going to be in your summit. because. But
0: you know what? Like, honestly... I have had a number of summits where I've had a couple of summits that have come to me and they've said, you've got to do this, this, and this. And I went, no. Mm -hmm. And they still said yes, which is nice. You know? And I said, listen, I, they said, we want you to do solo emails. And I'm really not big on doing solo emails. That's, they're my list. I add value. I don't want to sell someone else's thing to them. So I'm really always very nervous to do that. And but I said to them, my social is really good. I've got a good following. I've got some large audiences or largish audiences, you know, depends who I'm comparing to. But like, you know, and, and we are really demons at repurposing content. Like we can put that out again and again and again and again. And they suggest that others, you know, they're really strict on it. And also then it, it almost becomes that whole question of, have you got over 5,000 people? It's like mm-hmm. none of your business here when it's on my email list. Like, Do you know what I mean? It it does put me on a bit of a back foot. So I'm with you there.
1: Yeah, to me, it's like you get this email where someone is pretending that they really love you and what you're all about and what you teach, but only if you meet this requirement. And if you don't have zero value to them and that just feels so wrong to me. So like everything I teach about virtual summits, I want to do it in a way that feels good to everybody. Like this is not about the host grabbing email lists. I want the speakers to benefit. I want the attendees to benefit. I want there to be a bigger cause you're working towards, all that good stuff. But for me to to come back to where I'm supposed to be going here, (laughs) as for like who to pitch, the first thing I do is look at, okay, what do I want my attendees to get out of the summit? What is my goal for them? What's my specific topic? What presentations do I want covered? So I don't start with start with speakers for the most part. I start with which topics do I want covered? And then, okay, who talks about these things? Yeah. And something that some hosts do that you want to avoid, and I did it for my first couple of summits before I figured this out, try to avoid going to like your besties. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. We want some friends on there. That makes it more fun. But don't just always pitch the first people that come to mind okay. um, because of this key that I will get to. Also influencers aren't that helpful. Cool. Their their face looks pretty on your registration page mm-hmm. and in your promo materials, but they're not going to share. They will do the bare minimum to, to take part in the event, but mm-hmm. their audience is not going to hear a peep about your summit. The most you ever see them do is maybe reshare a graphic they were tagged with on Instagram stories. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about them, just that, don't stress yourself over, Mm -hmm. you know, getting these big name people because they're not usually helpful. So what you want to look for instead are people with the exact same audience as your summit. So, you know, one of the most important things you can do for hosting a summit that is actually profitable is niche down. So if you find yourself, like your overall business targets a wide audience, like online business owners, creative business owners, Mm -hmm. moms, women, Get specific. So for Summit in a Box, yeah, I target online business owners, but the summits I host are for course creators or subsets of those audiences, mm-hmm. because you can get so much more specific in how you help those people. And then you're you're looking for speakers who target that exact same audience. Yeah. And that pays off in a few ways. When they do share... You're going to get such a higher conversion rate, so much more interest from mm-hmm. the sharing they do. It also makes them much more comfortable to share. So if I, let's say for my other business, for my d- development business, I target designers. Mm-hmm. If I'm pitched for a summit for that business, for creative business owners, it's kind of more general. I don't want to be putting that in front of my people because it doesn't feel super aligned. Yeah. But if I want a summit for designers to help them do something very specific for the design business, I want to tell them about that because mm-hmm. it is so much more beneficial to them. Mm -hmm. So when you're reaching out to speakers who have the same audience as your summit, it makes it easier for them to say yes, whether they're smaller than you, same size, bigger, but you also have to build in benefits for them. And these are benefits beyond exposure. Nobody wants just exposure. You have to make the process easy. So you're not emailing them saying, okay, I need you to have this list size, email your list three times, post on social media this many times, get on a 15 minute call with me, come to this training on how to be a good affiliate. Stop. Like, don't yeah. do that. Make it as easy as possible. Like 15 to 20 minute presentation is all I need from you. I would love for you to share to your email list, maybe once on social media a couple times. If mm-hmm. someone comes back to you and says, sorry, I can't probably just let them in anyways. They're mm-hmm. still, you know, you reached out to them for a reason. You still value them in what you teach. And then the other benefits you're building in apart from making it easy, they need to have a way to be able to grow their email list. So let them promote a freebie during their presentation and maybe give them a little information like, hey, you know, after someone opts into your freebie, have it set up so they go to a tripwire offer, you know, a low cost offer so they can start making money right away. And then give them very good affiliate commissions if you're not going to be paying them a speaker fee. Mm -hmm. Um, And by good, I mean at least 40% affiliate commissions for your speakers. If it wasn't for them, you wouldn't have a summit. So stop with the 10, 20% commissions. Give Mm -hmm. your speakers 40, 50% more uh, if you want to do that. I have just started giving my speakers like a minimum payout amount. So as long as a speaker you know, gives me their presentation. So they do what they're Mm -hmm. supposed to do. And they promote at least once somewhere, I give a minimum of a $200 affiliate payout just as a thank you. you. I value you. You tried, but that's something I didn't do until my sixth summit. Um, So, you know, you don't have to pay speakers a fee or anything like that, but you need to build in ways for them to benefit for sure.
0: So this, I have to say is total music to my ears, right? Because one I didn't like the idea of the conversation. I don't like receiving that conversation of, oh, how big's your list size? Will you do this? You've got to send your emails this day, this day, this day. Here's your copy. Here's your this. It's like, none of that sits with me. None of that is authentic to me, which I really didn't like. Mm -hmm. And two, the main thing, which should always be the main thing, is you're thinking about your audience first. So, like you're thinking about what do my audience want? What can they benefit from? What can they actually get from this? Because again, there's summits I've been invited to, summits I've even done where I've just thought, I don't know, this none of this makes any sense. Like it's not very well joined. You know, it's not, there's it, not a good process. It's not the right people. It's, you know, there's like random different yeah. people doing different things. So for me, the fact that that is your first thought, not how can I build my email list? Not how can I make loads of money? But okay, if I'm going to do some training in the way of a summit, how can I educate my audience or how can I motivate them or how can I take them from this level to this level? And then like, you know, what does that look like? And who would I need to come in and talk about those things? I also love the fact that it's not about just pulling in the big people because you're absolutely right. And from experience of having a podcast, the humongous people are amazing. Obviously, I loved interviewing them. But from a growth point of view, they don't share the podcast at all. So actually, and again, their audience is probably too big and too wide for me and and for what I do. So I just love all of that process. I was going to say one more thing as well about that. Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say. It's going to come back to me. I'm absolutely (laughs) confident of it. Okay, so... Let's say you've planned out this thing. You've gone, yeah, I'm going to have these things and you've reached out to them. You've given them good reason. I also love the idea of giving them some kind of, okay, after the summit, these are some of the things that you can do to help really kind of, you know, bring in your stuff. How do we go about then? I see, I wanted to kind of ask about like the tech involved, but I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. So is it... But let's just touch on that briefly before we then talk about how do we get people to actually attend and sign up and all that. So what what do I need to be looking at? Like, have I got to buy a system? Have I got to, like, invest in a whole new thing? How does that look?
1: Yeah, I've got good news for you. Uh, If you're someone who you already have a website, you're already selling something you do not need anything new for your summit. Please don't go invest in this $10,000 platform or try to use this all new tech for whatever reason. Use what you have. So whatever your website is hosted on, do that. If you have courses on a certain prep platform, cool. That's where you're going to host your all access pass, wherever your email list is. That's what you're using for this as well. Like you don't need anything new. If you don't have something like deadline funnel to get, have countdown timers and expire and redirect pages. That's something I would recommend. Okay. Mm -hmm. Get that. But that's one, what $37 a month thing that you can cancel when you're done. Mm -hmm. You do not need any special tech to host assignment. What you're already using is perfect. Yeah. There's nothing new you need.
0: So One more question, sorry, quickly about, before we move on to the other thing, your summits, are they presentations or are they interviews or are they a mix of both?
1: So I do a mix. Personally, I really like watching presentations more than interviews. I Mm. tend to get really bored in interviews. They tend to not be as actionable. You know, that's probably more to say about the interviewer than what an interview actually is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some interviews are interviewers are just better at getting actionable stuff out of people. But since I like presentations better myself, that's what I lead with is that, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone's recording a 15 to 20 minute presentation because adult brains only pay attention for like 17 minutes before they get distracted. So that's why I say have nice short presentations, Mm -hmm. but if there's a speaker I want who is too busy or there's a topic that's more conversational, I will do an interview. So for my last summit, we had 40 speakers and I think I, I think three of them were interviews just because it worked better for the speaker. So I I say do whatever feels best, but doing a mix is totally fine too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. We've planned out a summit. We've got it all sorted. We know we're going to do it. How do we get people to sign up?
1: Yes. Yes. This is the big question, isn't it? So if you do your planning right in the first stage, it makes promotion a lot easier. And what I mean by that is something I've, I've hinted at a couple of times, and that's getting specific with your summit audience and topic. If you host a summit to help online business owners grow their business, it's going to be crickets. I have seen very big name people host this kind of summit and then go on to say summits don't work. It's not Mm -hmm. that summits don't work. It's that no one was interested in that. But let's compare that to a summit for wedding professionals to help them book out their client schedule for six months on Instagram. That's going to catch their attention. Yeah. That instantly makes everything so much easier. It's more attention grabbing. It's better for the speakers. It's easier to write good marketing copy. Mm-hmm. It gives people something they want. So, the best thing you can do is get specific on that audience, even though I know it's uncomfortable, especially if you have to niche down from your full yeah. book business audience, and then choose a topic that will truly create a transformation for them that's specific. So, not mm-hmm create a happier household or grow your business. No, what is a very tangible outcome they can get? Okay. That is like the best thing you can do to help when you put the summit out into the world, like help yourself actually get results. Yeah. From there, how to actually promote. So the, the, the key here is your speakers. Yeah, mm. you can promote to your own audience. Do that. Please do. Let your audience know about this awesome thing you have. But the growth is going to come from your speakers. So that also ties back into what we were saying when we were talking about speakers. If they all have your exact target audience and you're pitching a free event to help them with the transformation they want, boom, you are mm. golden. And that's the best thing you can do to help with that love, love the heck out of your speakers, show them every single time you reach out to them. This is not just me nagging you for something. I appreciate the heck out of you. Make Mm -hmm. it easy for them to share. So you're giving them all kinds of sweat, copy graphics, copy, uh, offer to, you know, come on their podcast, take over their Instagram stories, write guest newsletters, do things for them. Mm -hmm. So it's just a, a easy, heck yes, I'll get you in front of my people. And that's really the best thing you can do for your speakers. When I pitch speakers, I do say that I want one email and a couple of social media posts. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if someone comes back to me and it's like, I'm sorry, I, you know, I don't do solo emails or I have a launch going on. I'll be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, but yeah. that is basically to set the expectation that if, if no one promotes, I I can't host, I can't benefit you guys. if none yeah, of you promote.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's all a kind of, it has to be a win-win, doesn't it? Yes. So for us all to win, we all need to pull in and go, look, I'm doing this event.
1: Yes, exactly. And I, I'm never going to be reaching out to speakers. I'm like nagging, like, Hey, I see you haven't promoted yet. What? Like I'm going to kick you out of the summit. I might be like, Hey, I, I see you <laughs> haven't much. promoted yet, but here's like a custom email for you. And I just recorded this Instagram story takeover. You can use if you can't, no worries, but I wanted to make it easy. That's what I did yeah. on my last event. No one hates me for that, but yeah. you can get really gross with it. Um, so anyways, speakers are the biggest things you can do for promotion. You can have additional affiliates outside of your speakers for first time hosts. I usually say just focus Don't. on the speakers. Yeah. That's good. You can run paid ads too, if you want to. So, uh, we ran uh, face, we've been running Facebook ads for our last two summits and they usually perform pretty well, but speakers are really where it's at with the drawing an audience in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I love, that and I love that kind of relationship of obviously you need the speakers but you want to treat them well like and again having been on the other end of being a speaker on a summit the one I got the most from was the one that asked me to do the least like and and this is why like a couple of experiences I've had, I'd be like summits are an absolute nightmare and (laughs) they're a lot of work and you get nagged to all these things and you don't get anything from them. (laughs) However, this one summit I did, which was called the Quietly Influential Summit, I'm going to name it because it was so good, run by Fifi Mason. And she was brilliant in terms of, Um, She had this website that basically had everything on it. And it, you know, it was a purpose-built thing, but it it wouldn't have to be, it could just be a landing page. You know, so all the stuff was on it, everything was done in one, all the graphics were sent to you beforehand, everything was accessible, you know, what you needed. There was no, you must email on this date, and email on this date. It was like, you know, this is, if you want to share it, here they are, which of course we did share it, which we shared on our social, which for me is the comfortable place for me to share something. And when it came to the day of the summit, because often what happens from a speaker point of view, or certainly for me anyway, is I forget that the day is the day. Because obviously you've recorded it ages ago and you're, you know, you're not then having to do anything particularly on the day. So I kind of forgot. And then I started getting all these opt-ins into my, uh, into a lead magnet, which I do have accessible in other places, but it was, it it was the one I put forward for this. And I was like, why is everybody opting into this thing? And I'm like, oh, that's why. And I got loads of opt-ins and it was brilliant. And I was like, I would do that again in a heartbeat. The whole process was nice. The way I was dealt with was nice. And then I've done other ones where, which I won't be naming and shaming, um, but I've done other ones where it was like really strict. You've got to have this before you can come on. But like, proper buttering you up beforehand and then and then I remember coming off the call and saying to my husband oh that was really uncomfortable and I don't know why I just said yes like what is wrong with me you know Mm -hmm. why didn't I just go no no do you know what I'm you know no that's that doesn't work for me anyway so I did it and then it was like you've got to do this every day There was another email have you emailed your list today have you done this today have you done this like constantly because it goes to mm-hmm. one of my team obviously my team were checking it back to me and it's like so then I was going back to them and it was just getting stupid and then it was like you need to do this and you need to do that and it's and, and I got nothing literally nothing yep. I don't remember anybody opting in I don't remember well there was no like you know spike on anything that mm-hmm. would indicate that suddenly a lot of people had seen me and I think that's the thing so that's why I was asking you about how you get in there but how do you get them how do you and I think you have kind of answered this actually. As far as how do you get them to value coming on and watching the summit? Because I think the other problem I see, which I could be completely wrong, but is obviously we are just online now pretty much until the world opens up again, which in the UK, we are very slow here, by the way, just so you know, we're still on a kind of lockdown. Um, but like, how do we, we had a bit of burnout, didn't we, in the early days where it was like Zoom everything and we're like, we are so done with this. Mm-hmm. How do we stand out? How do we like, you know, make people see the value to attend because there is that thing as well about if someone's not paying, they don't see the value of it. So, what are your thoughts around that and how you make that work?
1: Yeah, first, I have to say that was music to my ears, hearing about Fifi versus other people because she's one of my students, oh, and she nailed know.
0: it. Just <laughs> know what, right? As I was saying it, I thought. I thought, this rings so much of a bell, everything that you're saying, whereas a lot of the other people who have come to me are all doing that same tactic of, have you got five thousand people? On your list? So, like, that is amazing. I am so <laughs> glad I said who it was, because Fifi was amazing. She's really Well done. And and like I said, I got stuff from it, and I've never really had anything from a summit before. So, mm-hmm. she is the best testimonial for you that is so good i love it
1: <laughs> i love that okay so how to make your attendees want to show up on a value your summit There are other things that we can do that I'll talk about, but a lot of it ties into some things we already covered, getting specific with the audience and having a transformational topic so that they have a reason they want to be paying attention. They want that transformation your summit is promising. It's not some general thing that they stop hearing about. It's like, oh, no, I'm interested in this thing. Mm. And then you selected all these presentations from relevant speakers to each have one little like. Piece that they'll be getting to start making progress. Mm-hmm. When you do that, you're already gonna stand out. You're already gonna have a summit that will get people something. People can tell when when they're looking at a registration page and it's like, mm, like I don't really, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or maybe even the tagline, the summit name, the promises sound great, but then they scroll into the presentation titles and they're like, yeah, I don't see the trick. connection here. These are all vague and general. The more specific you can get, the better. So once you kind of have that foundation set, there are a few other things you can do to get people to start coming and paying attention. First is the the community aspect that I mentioned before, where you can get people engaging and excited and feeling like they're a part of something before the summit even starts. That Mm -hmm. makes them want to, like, they want to be a part of this thing. It's fun now. Mm -hmm. So right when I open registration for my summits, I also open a private Facebook group for it. And my goal in there is to get people to comment one time, because when I can get them to comment one time, I can get them to comment again. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, post a picture of your pet, or what's your favorite Starbucks Mm -hmm. drink? People love answering questions about themselves like that. And then later on when it's like, Hey, what was your favorite presentation today? What was your biggest takeaway today? they're willing to share that too Mm because they're used to commenting. And then other group members, that's popping up in their feed and they're like, oh, that sounds really cool. I want to go watch that presentation. And it starts building and feeding off of each other. So that's a really powerful thing to do just in your community. And it's so simple to put together. Another thing is having those short, actionable presentations that I mentioned. People are much more likely to give you 15 minutes than they are to give you 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And like even me up until... Two summits ago was my first summit where I had short presentations. Before that, I required speakers to make 30 to 45-minute presentations. Yeah it's too long. I've worked with mm. a learning design expert and she was like, no, 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 that's not how we want to do things. Mm. My attendees love the short and sweet presentations. Get in, get the action step they wanted and get okay. out. They don't want the extra fluff. They don't want the 10 minute introduction. They want it to be short and sweet. And then when they're you when they get used to that, when they go to one, they get a quick one. They're like, oh, mm. I'm going to go watch another presentation now. Mm. So you know, that's your goal is to just be building the momentum and then it will build on itself. You mm-hmm. know, when, when one person watches something and is, and is excited and continues to watch things themselves, but then they also start sharing with the other people and get other people to join. Um, it all kind, kind
0: of builds up and builds that engagement. Yeah, uh, totally. And I think, again, it's about investing in them. It's, I think, the way we're talking and what I'm learning from you, I can totally see why one went wrong and why the other one was so good. Because the one was all about the audience and all about making sure, you know, the Fifi one, all about the audience. She got her audience spot on, it was for introverts, which is, I thought was interesting because obviously I am not classed as an introvert, but, you know, obviously she felt I could benefit and, and I got a great response, which was lovely but she very much thought about who these people were, what they were you know, offering, what they were doing, that sort of thing. Whereas the other one was a very loose subject. It was in an industry that I have nothing to do with, but I came in and spoke as an expert on my subject area. It, just the whole thing was different. She interviewed me, Fifi did, but she did have a number of presentations, which for me, I always like an interview because it's easy, but you're right. In terms of takeaways and things, I did a really good lead magnet for her. One I created on my, normally I'd give them one that I've got from somewhere else, but that I've already got existing. But for her, one, my subject was a bit different because we talked mindset, which I do talk a bit about. But I created a download that was like, here are my, my things that I do in my routine. Here are the things that I do. Links to like meditations, links to books that I've read, like just so it was really adding value. So even though it was an interview, they'd have it all summed up with the action points that they could then take. But then she did obviously have people that came in and did a, a presentation. And again, another one that I've just been asked to do what was really nice actually about this exactly what you're saying is it's 15 minutes so of course in my head I'm like what's the subject again because obviously we'd negotiate the subject and I forgot um so I said to my assistant the other day what am I meant to be talking about for this one and she's like so and so I'm like oh yeah easy yeah 15 minutes great so for me that feels great but also you know when she sent out the instruction she said you know I'm sure you're fine with this but just in case we recommend only a minute to two about you only a minute to at the end about your lead magnet which again that that was done in a much nicer way as in it wasn't like you must only talk for two minutes about yourself and you must only talk you know it's like in case you're not sure but you know if she's asking the right people then then we know not to to do that you know so so yeah that's just so good so let's talk about then Okay. So I'm trying to like take it through the whole process. So we've done this, marked it. I keep it in my mic. I apologize, listeners. Uh, I'm obviously very expressionate today talking about <laughs> this thing. I'm getting really excited. I keep moving my hands, which I really shouldn't do. And I keep nudging my mic. So I'm sorry to both my listeners and my editor, if you can hear this. Um, so <laughs> so let's say I've done the whole thing and I'm going to do this and I and I'm I'm doing it as part of a strategy to launch. Launch. Now, one of the things that I loved when we talked or looked at what you could talk about was why you would do a summit rather than a webinar. Now, I know the webinar thing like the back of my hands. I talk about it. I, In fact, that's what I've got to talk about on the summit. How a webinar works, how to sell on a webinar, how to convert at the end. How do you do it if it's a summit without it feeling like, oh, right, you've just brought me in here to sell? Like, mm-hmm. How, and, and when do you sell or how long do you wait? And yeah, how does that work?
1: I love this. And I love that you're you're worried about, you don't want it to feel like a bait and switch. Free thing, yeah. boom, buy yeah. my $2,000 course. You no know? way. That is no gross. Way. So yeah, gross. Horrible. Um, so the the way you can launch your thing at the end of your summit with all of these new audience members is to one, build awareness that this thing is coming throughout the summit, throughout the registration period. And then to do some segmenting of your audience, and I'll I'll break those down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like when it comes to building awareness, there are all kinds of things you can do. But basically, you don't want to get to the end of the summit when you're ready to launch and be like, boom, surprise! Here's this thing you've never heard of before. Yeah. Yeah. No, they want to. You want them to know what your course membership service is called. Know that you offer it. Know that there's going to be an opportunity to join, an optional opportunity to join at the end of your summit. And if you set it up right a lot of them will want to because Mm -hmm. the end goal of your summit for them should line up very well with the end goal of your offer. So it should feel really good and natural. Mm -hmm. And just like a heck yes to a lot of people. So one thing I like to do to build awareness in a feel good, not pitchy way is to do like a scholarship or a giveaway, if you don't want to use the scholarship term Mm -hmm. of a spot in my course. So I have a $2,000 program. I'm not just going to like spring it on people on the last day of the summit. Okay. So on right on the registration page, even I have, you know, a spot that says scholarship opportunity. And then I'm explaining, you know, as you're engaging in the summit, all the stuff you can apply to win a scholarship to my summit in a box program, which is blah, 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 you know, like a sentence mm-hmm. about what it is. Cool. Now they're like interested. It gives me an excuse to talk about it in a in a feel-good way, Mm -hmm. and I get to reward one of my most engaged summit attendees by gifting that to them. Like, Mm -hmm. it just feels good to everybody. I also, right on the registration page, like to build awareness for the fact that they will be presented with an offer to join. Mm -hmm. So I have, I don't remember exactly what I word this this section of the page, but basically it's kind of positioning my masterclass webinar on the final mm-hmm. day, kind of like as the grand finale, I'm like yeah. here are the big things you're going to learn. By the way, I'll also be opening the doors to my summit in a box program at the end of this training. Yeah. So it is not a bait and switch. They know from the second they sign up for the summit that they will have an offer at the end of this thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, you know, that those two things just helped help me feel really good about making an offer at the end of the summit. Mm-hmm. Then kind of all throughout, you're talking about it. If you are going live to do like a kickoff call, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm so-and-so, I do this. You're mentioning your offer in there as well. You're talking about that scholarship opportunity there too. You're just kind of weaving it in all throughout the event. Something else I did kind of on accident the first time I did this that I now do as part of my strategy is like a behind-the-scenes look. So, hey, you guys want to see what you're applying for in the scholarship? Cool. Mm-hmm. Meet me Wednesday, whatever time in the Facebook group, and I'll give you a behind the scenes look of it. Mm-hmm. I literally have people being like, hey, can I give you my credit card right now on this on that video? And it's it's just me being like, hey, here's what you're applying for. It's not I don't pitch at all. I don't open the doors. I'm just showing them something else that's really beneficial is having your super fans as a part of your summit. Yeah. So if if your if a lot of, if your students, your super fans are good fits for speakers, bring a couple of them on as speakers. Mm-hmm. If they're not a best fit for speakers, do a student-led panel as you're in your summit, because those people will like go hard for you. That was another thing I did totally on accident. And the first time I did this, I was sitting in a panel literally with my head in my hands, like, Oh my gosh, will you guys please stop talking about my course and how awesome yeah. <laughs> it is because they're going to think I paid you to do this, but that's what you want. So invite the people who love you and what you do onto your summit, because it will just happen naturally. Yeah, And like at the end, When you're ready to go ahead and do this webinar on the final day of your event, everyone is like, please give me this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the fact that you made it clear that this webinar is a launch launch strategy you're going to launch at the end mm-hmm. of it yes i'm going to teach you so much good stuff but you have an offer yeah it will reduce the number of people who go to that but your conversion rates will be crazy my two thousand dollar program converted at 41 percent live what? for people who 41%. came live
0: like they
1: were ready for it they yeah. wanted it that is an unheard of number like i can't yeah. even tell you how many times i typed that into my calculator like this can't be right but <laughs> those are a couple of the really big things you can do one more thing i'll say is like for the follow-up sequence For people who have been following you for a long time or people who go to the webinar, yes, send them those follow up emails. Mm -hmm. But if they're brand new to you through the summit, they didn't show interest in your webinar don't Thanks. send them a launch sequence for your program. I, that's when I, I'll send them like a cart close sequence for the all access mm. pass instead. But if they don't show interest in my offer, I'm not going to just shove it down their throats. There's no. going to be lots of opportunity to present it, present it to them moving forward now that they're on your email list. So those are a couple of things you can do to launch, get great results and make sure it feels good for everybody.
0: Uh, I swear to God, wherever we learned this stuff, you and I learned at the same place. Because honestly, like it just feels like I I want some kind of heavenly music to come down. I'm like, I am home. I have found my people. Like, (laughs) comments don't have to be gross. You know, because I think in this world in general, there are lots of things that are done in a really horrible, sleazy, yucky way. And And I I remember I was watching, um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. There's a guy called Mike Winnett on YouTube. If you haven't seen him, then I urge you to go take a watch. He is called The Contrapreneur. So basically what he does is he goes to, Particular big entrepreneurial people who sell online products. And he does this thing called Entrepreneur Bingo. And the bingo is, you know, is there an office stack? Is there a this? Is there a that? Right. Is there a picture of them in front of a Lamborghini? Right. Like, honestly, I'm not even kidding you. And I love it's, that. It is hilarious. Right. But it, for a minute, it was like, Oh, sometimes I, I, I am numbers in a seven or sometimes I, and I actually went to my husband like, Oh my God, am I one of these entrepreneurs? And he's like, no, you're not like, don't be ridiculous because it's like, one, we sell something that can really make a difference. Like we are so very confident in that, you know, this is what I eat, sleep, breathe. I know, you know, we know we're good at this, you know, we've done this stuff, but two, like you said, the fact that we're even thinking like, does, is this, Like, horrible and yucky is the fact that it's not going to be. And if anything, I'm, I say I'm a terrible seller. I don't often push as hard as I should. But I also love the fact that you say it right from the beginning. Like, so in my webinars, one of my key things that I teach is when you do a webinar at the very beginning and you do the who this is for and who it's not for, in the who it's not for, I say, if you're upset or offended with an hour's free training and then an offer at the end, you don't have, and I say it like really casually. And I'm like, you don't have to take the offer, but you're going to get good stuff. So it's up to you, you know, but it's like, I'm not going to come around your house with, you know, a gun to your head and make you buy my stuff, but I am going to give you an hour's free training and at the end, I am going to make you an offer, which you can or cannot take. It is entirely up to you. So I think, I think we're often we're okay when you've set us up for it. Like when you've been honest about what this is about. And the thing is a summit is not like a two minute job, is it? So the (laughs) fact, the face just so you know, like you should have seen her face. Like we should use that as your profile picture. It was like, no, it is not like if only, but hopefully people understand that you are putting on all that value for them. And therefore they don't have to buy your thing, but they understand why there is an element of, okay, I have this product. So let's just talk about actually then the fact of how long it takes to, let's say I want to do a summit and I came and bought your course today. How long between now and going live with the summit or going live with announcing the summit would I plan in my world?
1: I would get down on my knees and beg you to give yourself 90 days is what I would tell you. That's what my timeline in my program is based on. I give a 90 day timeline that sets all the due dates for people and they can upload it like right into a sauna or clip click up. And that is me begging them to give themselves 90 days. Are there people who join do it in five weeks? Be like, Oh, that was hard. I wish I would have listened. Yep. Like you can Mm -hmm. do it faster, but you will always thank yourself by doing that 90 day timeline. And that's not 90 days of you going hard and all you're working on is the summit. In our timeline, I think we have three days per week where mm. in that 90 days, your kind of main focus of the day is going to be summit stuff. Mm. Not that it's like eight hours of day per work. Some days it will be. Mm. Uh, but you want to give yourself plenty of time, especially for that first summit. After that, it gets so much easier. Your copy's written, like yeah, your I website stuff, awesome. whatever. It's like the hardest part is finding speakers mm. again at that point. Give yourself the time though. And also keep in mind, a lot of that is connecting with speakers before you Mm -hmm. pitch, you know, just kind of building in some room to do that, pitching and waiting to hear back, giving them time to make their presentations, promoting for a couple of weeks. Like there are things that take an extended period of time in those 90 days Mm -hmm. that isn't just like dependent on you. You're depending Mm -hmm. on other people as well, Um, but you will never be upset with yourself
0: for a 90 day Mm -hmm. timeline when it comes to a summit. And again, I couldn't agree more in terms of giving yourself that time. I, you know, there are things that I've done where I get to the end of it and go, "I could have done that so much better if I'd just given myself some more time on it. Yeah. If I had focused on it a bit more." And I think this is what happens because I can very analytically go, "You could have done da 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 da. You didn't. There's a good reason for you the re- why you've got the results you have." And I think often what happens, and like you said, is people go into these things and go, I'm going to do a summit. And then two weeks later, come to my summit. And it's like, what? And then they go, summits don't work because it didn't work. And it's like, oh no, because you didn't give it the chance to work. You didn't do the steps, follow the process. And I guess like most things, that's all it is, isn't it? Follow the process, do the steps and you got it. Yes,
1: yep whenever someone tells me that much don't work, I'm like, okay, let's take a seat and talk about this. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's yeah. the exact it's stuff like I would look
0: at. like, I'm triggered, let's talk. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> like, you know, you're going to wish you hadn't have said that because you and I are going to have a long conversation many hours into the evening until you understand <laughs> that you are wrong. it's yes. so brilliant. I love it. I love it. Honestly, this has been so good because like I said someone had mentioned summits to me I mentioned it to one of my team one of my assistants and I was like what do you think and they're like yeah no, I don't know I don't know and but it just didn't quite sit like I could feel it like oh if I've got to go out and I've got to like try and get these huge names and then and then you feel disappointed that you haven't got them if you can't get them which in reality let's be honest you know they're very busy for a reason and therefore you might not get them but also that pressure of just getting the name for the sake of the name, not for the actual outcomes. And and also not that I'm not averse to getting big names, obviously, but sometimes you've heard their stuff. Like I remember the first time I went to social media marketing world and I basically want to watch all my favorite people. Like literally that's all I did. It was like, oh, I love those people. I'm going to go there. I knew pretty much every single word they said in that presentation because I follow their content. I see their yeah. stuff. And it's like, so actually... The benefit of bringing someone else in that is like totally into this thing, totally getting it, but might not be as big for me. Surely that's, that's got to be better for the, for the audience, which like I said, this just feels like if I was going to do a summit, this is the way I'd want to do a summit. So honestly, I cannot thank you enough. That was so good. So as always, I will link to everything in the show notes, but where do you hang out most? Where can people come and say hi?
1: Yeah, you guys, you can find me over on Instagram. I hang out there way too much. We have links to all the things. If if there's a summit hosting resource you want, we have it. Like my literal goal is to make summits that feel good, really easy for people to put on. Like that's what I want to happen in my life. So yeah, come hang out with me on Instagram at summit in a box. And we have all
0: kinds of good stuff over there. I love it. Krista. So thank you so, so much. It's been such an enlightening conversation you have been so much fun and like i said i feel like i have found my people so uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on (laughs) thank you so much for having me there we go that was the lovely krista had such fun chatting to her i do love it when it's good fun and i learn lots of things she gave so much good advice i am really tempted with the idea of an online summit watch this space you might see it very very many months ahead, because we're, we're already planned and booked for quite some times in terms of what we're going to do. But but I think it's a great idea. I really like the idea of it. She gave some great advice that I could then use in other places, which was fabulous. So I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. So I'm back next week with a solo episode. If you've not signed up to that bootcamp, then do go and get on it. It's going to be so much value. You're going to have so much fun. thereseethwaring.com forward slash bootcamp. Okay guys, have a fabulous week and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review.